Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate, hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I would like to open this podcast by inquiring as to the health of Shelby's husband, who, <laughs> according to the Be Real today, had yeah. a massive-looking nasty bruise thing oh, yeah. on his leg that I can only assume uh, came from a dog or some other kind I don't of vile why animal. You think it would be a dog? Like it would, the dog body slammed his thigh. Is that I don't know, Shelby. I just assume like, animals are evil. <laughs> no, no, it was not Lupe's fault, and I, uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to share, right? Because it's my husband's story to tell, and I this hate. is what someone who was mauled by a dog <laughs> would say as a cover up. No, he. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. So, Rob, if you're listening, like all. All of PSU Wrong is uh, rallying behind you and supporting you in these times. Um, but he just crashed his electric scooter the other day. And <laughs> don't, don't laugh. I told him I wouldn't laugh. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It. You know, crashes happen. Did he crash into a wall? How did he crash? Um, yeah, it was super gnarly. You know, he was like doing some wheelies, flipping some. Some hard, Did he get hit by know. a car? No. <laughs> Did he hit a curb? It was a fluke accident. Um, for those of us in the scooter gang, you know, things happen. Uh, do it's you hard to ride predict. an electric scooter often? I have. Yeah, I'm in. I'm the one who's bought who bought ours. That's how I used to commute to work before it was remote. Um, what? Yeah, you know, it's it's this cheaper is. than a car. We live pretty centrally, so it was, like, nice to get around. It's usually a pretty breezy ride. It's nice. You know, you get the open air. You don't get sweaty. Like I bike. guess that's true. You're not, like, you have to do no work. Yeah. So it's, like, a nice medium for people who have, like, short um, local kind of commutes. But, alas, you it's hard to predict what pebble, what puddle – what slip of mud you don't notice can take the wheels just right out from under you. So how fast do these go? Uh, like 16, 17 miles per hour at the highest. That's pretty fast oh, yeah. for a crash. Yeah, you can be zooming. Can you yeah. die on these? <laughs> I mean, I guess do you have you to wear a helmet. Anything. Yeah, you should definitely wear a helmet. Helmet safety is important. Um, it, it, like city by city ones you can rent, you know, they usually have them what's it called like yeah we don't have those in new york miles per hour they were like new yorkers no it's too busy definitely i feel like i saw them last time i was there did i not maybe i'm misremembering this you're talking about like a not like a moped yeah no 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 we do not have those we might in like i think some parts of like maybe brooklyn or staten island or Mm. something have them but manhattan proper does not have them people own them themselves but it's not like where you just go around and pick one up off the ground yeah yeah (laughs) So, uh, pretty gnarly bruise. Yeah, really, really rough. He thinks he might have cracked a rib, but he's not sure. <laughs> so, thoughts and prayers. Um, really, really rough, rough week to be a man on this planet, I guess. 
I mean, every week is rough to be a man on this planet, <laughs> Shelby. We're discriminated against, oh, especially the, the whites. Is that the world's smallest uh, island I'm hearing? I... No, it's <laughs> just, it's terrible, you know? Yeah. People are coming across the border. They're taking their jobs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> no I much. can't do too this. Much. I can't do it. It feels like um, I can't even do yeah. the cosplay. No, I'm out. But getting the news ready for this week, I was like, wow, these are some bad stories. I mean, first and foremost, Pete Davidson, uh, Skeet Davidson, dead at 28. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> as Kanye wanted to say, as Kanye tweeted, yes, yes, Kim Kardashian and um, Pete Davidson broke up. We knew this was Shocking. happening at yeah. some point. They made it and nine months. Uh, I will say that this corresponds to my roommate's theory that this was sort of like a cover-up for the Astroworld situation because I guess What's-His-Face is like sort of back on tour now. Oh, okay. So, boom, done. Isn't yeah. it more likely that it's like, oh, well, Kim wants a positive story for her Hulu show instead of like focusing on the dirty, the messy divorce? So she just needed like a rebound guy? I mean, I guess that's also true. I think this story covered a multitude of yeah. sins. This <laughs> and the Marilyn Monroe dress really, you know, that that's yeah. a several episode arc for the show. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. I know. Honestly, uh, when this news broke, I couldn't even feign interest in it. But it came up again when Kanye West, who had been pretty silent, who hadn't posted on Instagram, I don't think, um, after the whole debacle at the start of their relationship, he suddenly came out of the woodworks with a with a New York Times meme um, celebrating this breaking news. So I'm sure that will lead to another pop culture update later. Um, but yeah, RIP to Peter Pete Davidson and his four Kim Kardashian themed tattoos. Uh, he has four. I know that my girl so. is a lawyer one. Yeah, he has my girl is a lawyer. He had her kids' names tattooed on him for some reason. That is creepy. And then there was another one that was, I don't remember, maybe just Kim or something. I don't know. He has a lot of like lame tattoos, so. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I would like to address my favorite story of the week, which maybe you haven't heard of. Um, <laughs> okay. This is uh, a Hamilton-related story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I, so Hamilton is on Broadway mm. still. It is touring. You can go and see it at various locations around the world. However, you are not allowed to put on your own production of Hamilton. This right. is how most Broadway shows work. They tour for a while, and sort of once, they, once they're off Broadway or once they feel like they've really squeezed every drip of money that they can from the touring production, then they start <laughs> licensing it to other schools and yeah. you know local theaters and colleges and whatever to put on the various versions of the show. It's been a day we've been dreading for Hamilton, honestly. Well, I think I from feel the like... first premiere, people were like, what is this going to do in high schools full of white kids? Yeah, it's going to be rough because of all the white kids. It's also, I feel like, going to be rough because of the like rapping sort of element. Yeah. And I can't imagine the people who I know who were in high school theater programs really um, hitting that hard. So hopefully oh, yeah. most schools will uh, sidestep this yeah. and just do <laughs> another production cats. of Our Town um, or <laughs> Oklahoma or Annie or, you know, the various, yeah. Susical, the, the, the shows Newsies. that they can really name. Yeah. Newsies, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> uh, sound of music. Fiddler on the roof. Uh, yeah. I feel like Fiddler on the roof they might tried. be problematic they now. They try. I feel like yeah, a lot of people used to do Fiddly on the roof, but Laura has been in. My sister's been in Fiddler on the roof. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch I, of white Mormons playing. I would need to assess, <laughs> or, you know, sort of thing because I, they're Russians. Yes, they're Russian Jews. I believe in that. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't. Feels know a little problematic, but I'm not sure if yeah. it actually is or not. You know, there's some of those things where you're like, it's a little this, if. Yeah, it's like, Mm. but is it like playing Italians? Because I think you can do that. I mean, my high school also did Aida, which is the um, Egyptian, like uh, Romeo and Juliet sort of. And the lead definitely used a heavy dose of of, um, bronzer to uh, fully (laughs) capture the Nubian (laughs) princess aesthetic. I mean, never forget Uh, Madonna playing Evita, uh, (laughs) which does feel great now well this Anywho, is leading into another this, story of the week but we have to we have to finish this yes one. okay hamilton, okay okay hamilton. back to hamilton back okay, to hamilton okay, back to hamilton. hamilton so this church in texas called the door mccallan <laughs> church i don't know where this is is this in houston could you have gone and seen this shelby is this in your area i don't think so I've no never, it's in no. mccallan texas you, you want to look that up is. where is that i want to know how how close approximately that is to you okay um so they decided that they, I guess, were just going to put on a production of Hamilton at their church. Um, oh, yeah, they it's claimed right on the border. they it's claimed right originally down. it's on the border of what? Oh, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. They claimed originally that they had gotten permission from the Hamilton production staff to put this on, but obviously they didn't. <laughs> and Hamilton sent them a cease and desist immediately upon finding out that this happened. Um, but the craziest thing about it is that they not only like put on a full production of Hamilton, which is illegal, but they also went through and changed a bunch <laughs> of the words to make it more Christian about how, um, you know, like Alexander Hamilton needed to accept Christ. Yeah, there's there's Jesus changes. The <laughs> there's changes like how does a scoundrel orphan son of a harlot um, in the opening <laughs> line. But then there's also changes throughout about like, uh, you know, finding God, accepting God, reading the Bible. (laughs) But then there's also just like Hamilton doesn't really have talked out scenes in the original. It's all music. And they just like inserted a scene in the middle where someone is like evangelizing (laughs) to Hamilton and he accepts the Lord into his heart. Um, And then I guess also the pastor of the church came out and gave a speech at the end of it in which he talked about people, you know, struggling with, homosexuality who need to find god so they really did a number on this yeah wow that's really (coughs) worse than i ever imagined it could be yes and uh this the the, they also like okay it's one thing i think i mean it's bet you're not allowed to do it no matter what but if you are doing a production of hamilton and it's illegal and it's at your church and you change the words and whatever and you know 25 people see it at your congressional whatever meeting fine but it's another thing too they they like shot a trailer for this they put it online then they did a live stream so people have like the full footage of this ridiculous version of hamilton which also does involve white people playing some of the roles um oh yeah and badly Yes. These went viral on TikTok for just being just really tragic performances. But it 
<laughs> they're so watchable. Like, I watched about 50 of these. Like, they're so bad. Like, the singing's bad. The the choreography's bad. There's scenes, you know, where they're all supposed to be doing group choreography. It looks atrocious. Not to mention all the Christian references shoot hoarded in. Um, yeah. The taking out of all the swear words. Just so good. So good. Um, They had to take this down and not perform their second night. But, um... You know, a lovely... They got close. Yes, a lovely feat. And also, like, it. they put a lot of work into yes. this. Yes. The for, set, the costumes looked pretty good. Yes. For, like, choreography, lighting. Yeah. Like, they didn't execute it well, but it looked like there had been a lot of work put into it yeah. from, like, a local church production standpoint. I mean, as someone who has been in church musicals before, I will <laughs> say this looks much better than anything I have ever been a part of. So... Yeah. It, I was it's oddly just impressed. like a funny choice for them too, like considering the conservative community. Like, what were they just trying to reclaim Hamilton? Did they like Hamilton but just wanted to like vid angel it? Like, what was? I, I wonder like, why they chose I this feel of like all musicals. It, I feel like it has to do with the sort of like because I learned about this a lot growing up. Uh, part of the Christian Republican uh, yeah, doctrine yeah. of like all the founding fathers were Christians. It was yeah. built. The nation was built on Christian principles. It was always Columbus, supposed to be a Christian, yeah. yeah, country. So I think maybe that's what they were going for. Like, yeah, ah, we got to correct this because <laughs> Hamilton was actually like a good Christian man, and that's a big part of the story that this liberal musical left out. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't know about the the evangelizing part. So, oh yeah, I watched those clips too. Yeah, I'll have to go and find that on uh, mm. TikTok. An enjoyable watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, something that might get us all heated in another way. Um, James Franco's back in the news, and it turns out he's been cast to play Fidel Castro in a upcoming movie slash biopic about some of the. Uh, Cuban history. And if you're wondering, huh, is James Franco Hispanic? No, he's not. No, he's not at all. <laughs> uh, why are they cast him? I don't know. I don't know. According to the uh, powers that be, they said they did an exhaustive search, an intense search for a Latino man and just couldn't find someone who has, and I quote, a similar face structure. So... <laughs> um. Interesting. So it's like really hard for audience to suspend belief. You know, it, they have to look exactly alike or it's like, you know, makeup, uh, costuming. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. You know, someone who people know from one photograph in their high school textbook, you know, they have to really, really capture that in energy as if we don't. I will say I'm pulling Rachel up McGann a picture of Fidel it. Castro at the moment and yeah. he does not look like James Frank. I know. <laughs> I will just, just go out of my way to say that. I know. People have pointed out that Pedro Pascal, he has more similarities to some uh, Castro photos. So it's like, how hard did you really look? And also, that's not a valid excuse because there's, you know, like I, I accepted Helen Mirren as Queen Elizabeth and it's not like they're identical. And so it's like we've, there's no biopic where the person looks exactly like and most of the time they look extremely different and very much hotter, like I, Tanya or whatever it is. Also, to play devil's advocate here, <laughs> how many people could pick out Fidel Castro in a exactly. lineup just generally? I don't think I knew what he looked like well enough to 
say whether or not James Franco looked like him or not. Does it matter that Fidel Castro is sort of a bad guy? I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know. Like, does appropriation not cover if it's someone who killed a bunch of people? (laughs) No, because people are disappointed in this and kind of weirded out because it's not only like, it's not like lifting up a character or whatever, but it's more, this is an opportunity for a Latino actor and you're just taking that away again. And the reason there aren't Latino actors you know off the top of your head is because they're not getting the opportunities that you're giving to these whitewashed dudes to swoop in and take it. And then on top of that, like James Franco, of all people, he's a very problematic guy. I don't know if he's done anything since um, The Room or whatever. And all those stories of him using his class to have sex with his students, like, Blah, 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 blah. He's a mess. He's a messy guy. And, um, you know, it shouldn't be surprising that he gets second chance, third chance, fourth chance, whatever it is. But of all the roles to get, it seems like an additional slap in the face to have it be a person of color and a marginalized community that he now represents just because he has similar bone structure. Do we know who the producer on this or I mean, the director on this is? Uh, I, I forgot to write it down. Um, I think that James Franco might be in that sort of Johnny Depp uh, camp of actors (laughs) at the moment where it's like they're not like they're still getting work. They're not quite at like a Kevin Spacey level, but also like is the work good or it's mostly sort of like weird (laughs) B-listy projects. Like I'm looking at the things that he's been in since then and it's like nothing that is striking me as a particularly noteworthy especially in the last couple of years yeah it's not aloha but it's close you know yes it's not aloha well then also though oddly enough fidel castro's daughter came out and said that she was uh in support of this yeah yeah (laughs) so so maybe i'm making a problem where there isn't one but it's just like mm, you know james franco the movie is called alina of cuba yeah, so it's mainly about her, um, who I think went against him. Miguel so it's not Bardem. like he's ne- it's not necessarily a biopic about Castro and James Franco's doing his Oscar Beatty performance. I don't know. It's the just director is weird. Javier Bardem's cousin. Oh well, cute. Did you know that? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I saw the headline, read some of the context, and I was like, "Get out of here." <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. The most complex story in media this week that I feel like we need to discuss for our listeners is the HBO Discovery uh, merger. Wait, what did you say it was? Oh, I was just joking about that Dane Cook story that popped up about his 18-year-old girlfriend. It doesn't matter. Just men being men. (laughs) Just men being men. Not me, though. Not me. Yeah, but no, the HBO I'm only Max. dating this age is, appropriate people, everyone. This was interesting too because I feel like last week we were literally talking about how HBO Max is the best streaming service. So, well, it's been a little bit of a wild ride here because I feel like HBO was riding high and then looked like they had tanked everything and then sort of pivoted back to kind of like I don't know exactly what the status of it is so for those of you who did not know hbo max which is owned by warner brothers um 
has sort of like shifted a couple of times in the last couple of years. It's been like bought and sold by various people. Most recently, it was bought by Discovery, um, the like media organization that has the Discovery Channel, but also I believe owns like Food Network and HGTV, a bunch of different sort of uh, like nonfiction type shows. And um, I was sort of confused as to why one, like why seemingly the smaller company bought the bigger company, but I, uh, I, it had something to do with like tax things and debt. And anyways, I don't know, but discovery bought HBO, the uh, CEO of discovery, David Zaslaw um, or CEOs. Yeah. Of discovery. Um, is So is now taking over Warner Brothers Discovery, the conjoined unit. And whenever this happens in Hollywood, like it sort of did with the Disney Fox merger a few years ago that we talked about, they have to sort of go through all of the things in production for both dis- the Discovery side of things and the HBO slash Warner Brothers side of things and figure out like what's getting cut, what is getting sort of like dumped on a streaming service, what are they putting energy into. Um, and David Zaslaw is known for being sort of ruthless in his um, yeah. yeah, like he's not here for like art and art's sake. He's here to make money. <laughs> so the first thing that happened was that there is a DC version of Batgirl, a movie that was already shot and was in post-production that got scrapped and will not be appearing anywhere to save the money on marketing and some, you know, um, like post-production things, but also because they can get a big tax break from it. This met with a lot of ire from people on Twitter and the internet and the industry because this was a female-led film. It was supposedly a very queer film. Um, I And it brought it, Michael Keaton back as Batman. Yes. And so they just decided that they were going to scrap this already, even though it's been fully shot. And at the same time, people also started noticing that some titles that were HBO Max specific were of movies had just been removed quietly from the platform and we were being sort of dumped again for some kind of tax reason. I'm unclear exactly on how that Yeah, works, taxes but... are stupid is the main theme of this story. It's like yes. ridiculous that companies can do this sort of thing. But whatever. Yes, continuing on. So, so yeah, so they cut this. So it was announced then that there was going to be this press conference last Thursday where he would be talking about the direction of Warner Brothers Discovery um, going forward in the future. There was a lot of um, hand-wringing ahead of time about they they were going to cut a bunch of shows from uh, HBO Max, that they were only going to keep HBO shows, that they were just going to like sort of go through and cut lots of things, that the whole service platform was going to be named Discovery. It wasn't going to be named HBO Max at all because it's Discovery's sort of um, wanted their name br- on it, even though there wasn't any, there's less name brand recognition yeah. for Discovery. All of this stuff. A lot stuff. of rumors. Yes. So it turns out they had the press conference. There will be a combined platform coming next summer, which I think makes sense for them. It's silly to have all of their shows on two different platforms when you could just lump them all into one. Um, They haven't released a name. There'll be three sort of payment structures. One will have no ads. One will have some ads. One will have a lot of ads. So you can pay for a different version of that. That's sort of like how 
Peacock, I believe, is currently. Um, But the other things that they said, I think, sound like a good, for the most part, like good plans. Um, They are trying not to be like a Netflix platform that just sort of releases lots of stuff. They said that they are going to spend time really focusing on like, good solid content that they're not just going to make lots of things but they're going to be intentional about it which is sort of what hbo has been doing up until now um it all they also really stressed theaters where netflix has been you know only really releasing their stuff on the platform and the previous head of hbo warner brothers had done the same thing that's why all of those things like dune had been released on hbo max at the same time they were put in theaters they're not doing that anymore they're going to be trying to make more money from movies in theaters by putting them in theaters first and only moving them to the streaming platform later and then the last thing that was stressed was that they are going to sort of completely revamp the dc universe which has been in shambles for the most part up until now and very disjointed and that they are going to sort of take a pause and then well come after back. the flash yes well <laughs> after after the couple movies that they already have like in production flash because there's that gets the go ahead there's the new one from the rock too yes. that's coming out Black Adam. um and that then they're going to sort of like revamp and come up with a long more long-term plan for dc um they specifically cite that they want like the mcu has like a kevin seage type at the head though he didn't name anyone at this point right so i thought that that in the end it didn't it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be yeah i mean i think rightfully the people were most (laughs) upset or uh, energized by their their weird PowerPoint slides um, that became very uh, memeable. Yes. Um, one of which described HBO Max as male skew, lean in appointment viewing, home of fandoms, whereas Discovery Plus, in the eyes of these, you know, I I don't know leaders and interns who put this slide deck together said it's female skew lean back home of genre dumbs which i really don't know what a genre dumb is i hadn't ever heard that term before i guess looking at discovery they mean like oh you're really into cooking and so you watch all the cooking shows or you're really into i don't know decor so you watch all the design shows i had to do an article on Discovery Plus because they were like a partner of BuzzFeed's oh, briefly. Right. And so I went through their platform and was trying to figure out shows to include in <laughs> this like watch list. Yeah. And it was almost all things that you would like see on cable in like a dentist office yeah. sort of energy. It's like what, like say yes to the dress, what not to wear, um, yeah, like yeah, property like brothers. Property brothers, all that kind just of stuff. So I don't know, maybe genre, yeah, just means like genre that. domes. And uh, maybe it's yeah. more female skewed because there's like cooking shows <laughs> on there. I don't know. I will say my brothers liked the Food Network more than we did. Yeah. So I th- it's yes. just kind of seems out of touch to pretend that like, oh, girls like reality and boys have the depth to understand um script scripted shows they said something about like 
And I don't know what they mean by lean in, lean back. Like it's like, oh, they're really studying this art, whereas girls just want to throw something on in the background. And it's just like, it's just silly to see it genderfied in 2022 because it's like you could have done that all without saying that and you also are ignoring the fact that HBO and especially HBO Max originals have highlighted a lot of women-led films and woman-created series and all of this so it seems kind of like okay I guess I could see if you were trying to describe like ESPN or something, which which probably yeah. like just um, numerically like has a lot more male viewers than yeah. female viewers. But I, I mean, I don't think that's the case with HBO. I guess I don't have the numbers, but Especially I feel like everyone I know watches HBO. Yeah, and you can't. It's not a data point they'd actually realistically have because. HBO, you know, a household buys it, but how do they know who's like watching it? You know, it's not like unless they're breaking down, like you don't ever input your gender into HBO Max or your profiles. So it's an assumption that they've made based on who knows what sort of numbers they've. I mean, I guess they could have done like some kind of study that's like where they interviewed people and it's like okay (laughs) what streaming platforms do you have and like more women said but the the main thing is that way more people have and use yeah hbo max than discovery plus and the name brand recognition is a lot higher so i think discovery wants to make this seem like a merger of equals when (laughs) in all actuality it's like okay well hbo max is like a thriving platform discovery i don't know anyone who has that (laughs) Yeah, I honestly, I think we might have had it because someone like in Rob's family signed up for it or something. But yeah, it's not something I ever go to, think about, wish I had. Um, Whereas HBO Max continues to make and create shows that keep people's interest, that go, you know, have conversations on Twitter, all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting to see them reject some of those HBO original films because like why remove them I guess tax the purposes I don't understand but it's like sad that that's you know like Moonshot which is a movie I watched this year is suddenly like no one can access it even though that's someone's like time and attention went into making this piece of art and they didn't even offer it as a um, physical entity so like what what happens for those creators now like it's just the movie disappears from existence. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yes. So yeah, it, it, it seemed like Twitter was a buzz with a lot of pearl clutching and fear mongering. And it ended up just being a pretty generic, like bottom line type of presentation um, with no real like threatening changes thus far. So yeah. HBO max remains superior, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially because, I feel like Netflix at the same time, like keeps uh, shooting themselves in the foot with things. Um, Their like fall lineup is really strange. Um, Yeah. Like, I don't know if I had to say like, what are the shows that you would need, want need? Like if I did an article that was like the shows that, that you, you are like the streaming platforms you need based on like must see shows. I feel like, all that Netflix has at the moment is Stranger Things and The Crown. And Squid Game. And Squid Game, I guess. Yeah, when is that coming back for a second season? I don't know. Soon? But I imagine um, next year or something. Um, okay, anything else? Or should we get into Love It or Hate It? Um, let's do Love It or Hate It. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Um, yeah. I was trying to decide between my two, so 
You go first. Okay. I have sort of a depressing one, and oh. it's technically not out <laughs> okay. yet. It will come up this weekend, but I watched the full thing. It's a mini series called Five Days at Memorial that's coming out on Apple TV Plus. Yes. And I binged the whole eight episodes, which is not something I usually do. That's how <laughs> good I think this is. Um, and I wanted to talk about it now while it's fresh in my mind, whereas next week I will have forgotten that I watched it. I never <laughs> Um So it's this show, uh, Five Days at Memorial. It's about Hurricane Katrina and a hospital that was operating their memorial and like the five days in between when the hospital started flooding and when the uh, the people in the hospital were finally rescued and sort of those like five miserable days where they didn't have power and they were out of supplies yeah. and, and it's just all of these bad it would be yes and they had no way of communicating with anybody yeah. so they didn't know if um, helicopters were coming they didn't know if rescue boats were coming they yeah. were sort of just like uh, lots and lots and lots of misinformation meanwhile like the city is in disarray yeah. there's looting there's um the, the government is not sending in aid there, there's like people who are trying to help who can't like just all kinds of disasters of communication um surrounding this event and the show, which stars Vera Farmiga and Cherry Jones, is based on a book that's based on an article that won the Pulitzer Prize. So it's like from a fairly high pedigree of um, uh, like original material. It was originally optioned by Ryan Murphy <laughs> yeah. for the American Crime series. And then he sort of scrapped it and Apple ended up buying it. Watching this, I, it would... Like, the fact that Ryan Murphy thought that he could do something with this <laughs> is insane because it is the most kind of bleak, like, harrowing, um, very serious subject matter that something like the Monica Kalawinski scandal or the O.J. Simpson, like, has a little bit more, like, pop culture kind of, like, funness to it, even as horrific as the events are in some cases, where this is just, like people dying slowly yeah. in a hospital. Um, but the way that it works is the first five episodes are one for each day. And then the last three episodes are sort of like um, the reckoning and the legal stuff that follows and, and how it all shook out like once everything was over and done with. And I just think like the writing is really good. The performances are really strong. It's an Apple show. So it looks very expensive in most cases. There's a couple of CG scenes of like levees breaking that are a little like, <laughs> but in general, it's very well done. Um, it's by the script is by the man who wrote uh, 12 years a slave. So it's just, it's a really, I think thoughtful piece and it makes you think like, I lived through Hurricane Katrina, but I don't remember it that well, other than that there was a flood there. And then the following year, I like went on a missions trip and did drywall. Um, but yeah, why they had us there, I don't know, because <laughs> clearly I was useless. But I didn't really know yeah, very much about this story. Great. I found it really fascinating. And it's just, again, a piece about, as well, about like, climate change about capitalism about like government corruption all of these different things at play how a lot of those things haven't changed it's not like a fun 
watch necessarily, but it is like a very gripping watch. Like I watched it in like less than a week just because I was so like interested in what was happening and sort of the decisions that these doctors had to make in the hospital um, when they didn't have supplies and, you know, they're moving people around and just like how insane it was. So I would definitely recommend it. Also, I write about Apple TV for BuzzFeed. So I'm always watching all of their new TV shows and movies that come out. And I feel like that they have had a lot of good stuff recently because like between Pachinko and Severance and Shining Girls and Ted Lasso and this, like, yeah, I, I think that Shining Girls, I couldn't get into it. Well, Shining Girls is also like terrifying. So <laughs> I just thought it was weird. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited about this one. I think that's it's that whole piece of history is so I mean, provocative sounds like too cheap of a word, but it's it's a wild story. So I'm glad they're doing it justice and kind of taking it seriously. I was gonna ask, did you watch um that H- that Apple show that's like the alternate history if like women went to space or something. Oh, for all mankind. Yeah. No, that's I think that I I, I might be. I should give that a chance. Well, I might be wrong about this. I've heard people like it, but I think the first season came out before I was covering it, and mm. now like maybe the second season is out, yeah. and so I didn't watch it. I thought it looked kind of weird, but. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should. I feel like the initial yeah. slate of things that Apple released were mostly bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that everybody was sort of like, yeah, the only thing you need to be watching is like Ted Lasso in the morning show. Yeah. And then in this last like year's worth of things, it's been much better. Okay. Well, I'll so. keep that in mind. Um, I had a lot of good content this week. I, I have. Uh, music books and movies I loved but I'll I'll stick with the music um I listened to Sabrina Carpenter's new album emails I can't send and I haven't been like a Sabrina Carpenter fan I honestly don't know what she did this is technically her fifth album but it's her first one outside of the Disney label um because she was like a Disney star whatever she's famous for her part in the love triangle featured in Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license and sour and the Joshua Bassett of it all. She had released a song in 2021 that sort of covered it that I felt was kind of eye rolly. Um, and so I didn't actually plan to listen to this, but someone I saw on Twitter talking about it. And so I put it on and it was actually like a really fun, good album. It feels more indie, like less pop maybe than your usual Disney princess type. It almost reminded me of the Casey Musgraves album, but like with a little bit of the old Gwen Stefani like mixed in. Hmm, Um, Okay. So it was like, there's a lot of fun concepts on it and Obviously, it's a lot about relationships. She says that it's about like her whole like growing up. So not every song is about Joshua Bassett or whatever. And I don't think that relationship was long lived. Um, But they're all like, they're all really compelling. And I don't think she's like, she has a lot of co-writers on it. Um, She did a lot of songs with, uh, oh, someone who writes a lot of these pop hits. What's her name? Max Martin. No. Um, uh, Shelby. <laughs> close. Uh, Jack Hanson. No, but. Taylor um, Swift. <laughs> she. Lena She Donna. does some good. Julia Michaels. Julia Michaels. You would oh, know yeah, some yeah, of her yeah. songs. Um, but she helped write some of these. Uh, it does feel like a little less 
personal, maybe a little less diaristic than like Olivia Rodrigo or something. But I think that works to some of these songs. Um, uh, quick recommendations, Read Your Mind is like more poppy. I think you'd really like it. Skinny Dipping is like a really bittersweet song. Um, really sweet. Loved, I loved Vicious, Bet You Wanna. And then she has this song that does directly address the Joshua Bassett of it all, which is called Because I Liked a Boy. And it features lines like, oh, I'm a rebound getting round stealing from the young all because I liked a boy, like blah, blah, blah. When everything went down, we'd already broken up. So there's like a little bit of juicy, you know, pop culture, uh, little niblets in there to (laughs) enjoy. Uh, But overall, I think it's a really enjoyable listen and easy like background noise, easy car ride, sing-along music. So if you're in the mood for something a little bit like lighter, less less bombastic than Beyonce's new hits, this is a nice mellow like uh, indie pop uh, on entrant. So very interesting. You know, <laughs> Shelby, she has one week off from being a stan of one. <laughs> gossipy I got pop star and we've moved on to a second <laughs> i have been obsessed with the app like i've listened to it almost every day i just like it and yeah she captures like like i don't know she captures interesting elements of like the bittersweetness of a breakup and stuff that don't feel as like explicit as this is what happened and it's more about the feelings and the vibes so I hope you'll listen to it, Matthew. I think you might like it. Okay. Yes, fine. I will. <laughs> Have you listened to the Maggie Rogers album? That's what I've been listening oh, no, to mostly, no, I feel. No. I should, though. I keep meaning to. Um, that's a good reminder. But, um, okay. But yeah, well, good stuff. Good stuff coming. And uh, now we get to talk about uh, Bullet Train uh, because Bodies, Bodies, Bodies did not, in fact, come out. <laughs> Yes, but that we will be doing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies next week, provided Shuffy yeah. can finally get to the theaters to see it. It's not my fault. Okay. Uh, okay. Bring well, it it's your fault you don't board. live in New York. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll, t- we'll see you guys on Thursday when we're talking about Bullet Train. Bye. Bye.